Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, I am sitting here. I am still pregnant, very pregnant. I've passed the nine-month mark. Well, it's so funny. If you've had a baby, then you know that regular time, regular months, and pregnancy months are a little different because technically you go to nine months pregnant and have the baby, but then technically it's also 10 months because it's 40 weeks. So it's this whole thing. So I am 37 and a half weeks. And um, yeah, we're getting so close and we, Kellen and I are so excited. I'm getting progressively more uncomfortable, but I would never even think to complain because I'm just, we're both just so, so happy. And if you're listening, chances are you have been with me probably from the first pregnancy. Maybe you started following us when we lost our baby girl, um, because it was in the news and other things, because my husband is a public figure. So (laughs) things that happen in his life are newsworthy, which is still so weird and crazy for me. But, um, but yeah, we're getting close. We're so excited. We cannot wait. Um, I just, I, I'm speechless. So anyways, so excited. And um, today's podcast, I wanted to start off with a devotion because I was reading this and it really, a lot of this I am now more or less on the other side in a way. However, it really reminded me of seasons of my life when I was smack dab in the middle of this, of the struggle, of the frustration. And perhaps you are still in the middle of this struggle, or maybe you're on the other side and you've had victory. I think that it's really important that we try to use the rear view mirror of life often. You do not want to sit in the car, <laughs> hypothetically, in the car of your life, and you can't drive forward and achieve your destiny and your destination while looking exclusively in the rear view mirror. You'll never get there. You'll crash. You'll go off the road. You need to always be looking forward. However, the rearview mirror is a really helpful tool, I think, because if you're leaving a destination, suppose that you had a bad experience or you were hurt or you left a bad relationship, a lot of times we want to not look back at it. We don't want to glance back. We, we just want to, we want to create distance, which I think is healthy. I think we do need to distance ourselves from the bad things that happen in life. However, I think it can be so beneficial on when we're struggling or when we're frustrated or even on the good days to just glance in that rearview mirror, look at how far we've come and how much distance we've put and how much healing we've gotten and how much progress we've made. And really just for no other reason to encourage ourselves and to be proud of ourselves. So when, I, when I'm when i reading things like this, instead of dismissing them as, oh, I don't deal with this anymore or nothing comes to mind right off the bat, I think it's really important for myself and maybe I can encourage some of you, if this doesn't apply to you today, maybe it did at one point and maybe this is a really good opportunity to just glance in the rearview mirror And just be proud of yourself and really grateful and thankful that God has brought you as far as he has. So the devotion that I'm going to be reading out of is the one that I always do, um, Every Day in His Presence by Charles Stanley. And it is just today's devotion, which is February 16th, and the title is Wait for Him. And the opening scripture is Isaiah 64, verse 4, and it says, 
From days of old they have not heard or perceived by ear, nor has the eye seen a God besides you, who acts in behalf of the one who waits for him. And the devotion reads, One of the most difficult aspects of waiting is battling the thoughts that arise. The imagination can create terrible scenarios of disaster and defeat. I don't know about you guys, but I have a very active imagination, so this really speaks to me. Your mind can also conceive of every reason for why God shouldn't bless you. This is why Psalm 37.4 instructs, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Because when you concentrate on the object of your longing— You may chase the wrong option or pursue it in a destructive manner. When your attention is on yourself, you can become disheartened at your inability to attain what you're yearning for. But when you focus on the Father, you not only get to know Him better, He also makes you into who you need to be to receive blessing, the blessing, and keeps you on the path to obtaining it. Therefore, turn your thoughts to Him. Surely he is achieving more for you than you can ask or imagine. That's Ephesians um, 3.20, which I love that scripture. And the prayer at the bottom says, Lord, thank you for working on my behalf during this waiting time. Please help me keep my focus on you. Amen. And at the bottom it says, in his presence, delight in him. And I just love this because while right now I technically am in a waiting period because we're waiting to meet our daughter, I have such a peace and such a confidence that I will. And I think what makes, for me anyway, what has made waiting seasons the hardest is that kind of doubt and that question of, I know this is going to happen, but I don't know when. Or what if it doesn't happen? It's when that, that kind of that doubt and that fear creeps in that's when the struggle is really real or has been really real for me because there'll be days that I have so much faith that this is going to happen. And then there'll be other days where I'm like, I have the faith, but well, but what if it doesn't? And I think that's human. And I think that a lot of us, if you're like me, you might've had moments where you're, you're a little frustrated with yourself because you're like, Oh, if I had strong faith, I wouldn't be doubting. I disagree with that completely. If some of you need to be set free from that lie today, if you doubt, it does not make you a bad Christian. It doesn't mean that you don't have faith. It doesn't mean doubting it. Like it's part of life and we are not God. We're not perfect. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of how do we take that doubt and where do we channel it? Do we go down the rabbit hole of doubt? Do we feed into the doubt? Or do we acknowledge, shoot, I'm really doubtful right now. Okay, God, I'm doubtful, therefore I'm weak. But when I'm weak, you're strong. And you just start proclaiming scripture and his promises over it. It's more just a matter of what we do with it. It's not that it isn't going to come. But um, one of the things that I loved about this devotion that it said was this line or this idea. When you concentrate on the object of your longing, You may chase the wrong option or pursue it in a destructive manner. And that really brought me back because right now I don't think like nothing came to mind in this moment where I was like, "Ooh, I'm concentrating on the object of my longing more than God or it's not in its rightful place. But I will tell you, this brought up when... I was waiting for my husband, right? So the object of my longing was, I really want a husband. I want a spouse. 
that's not everyone. Some people are, it's a job, it's a career, it is something completely different. But for me, the object of my longing, I was almost 29 years old, and maybe you're younger, maybe you're that age, maybe you're a little older. But for me, I was 29 almost, just a couple months away. And I was longing for a husband. I was like, Lord, what are you doing? Where is my husband? You know, I was, it was the biggest object of my longing in that season. And I really, really realized that the more I focused on what I wanted, aka what I didn't have, the more I didn't have it. And it didn't make me feel good. It didn't make me happy. It didn't make me, it didn't make my faith get stronger. And I realized, oh, my focus is on the wrong thing. Because even though I'm believing in faith for a husband, I'm believing in faith for a husband, like I'm so excited to meet my husband, my focus was on a husband. It wasn't on God and it wasn't on what he wanted to give me or do for me or do through me in that season. And the more I focused on that, which like I said, is something I didn't have, the more I didn't have it. Because what you focus on, you will get. And so I'm not saying that you should never pray for your future husband or for that baby or for that job or for that home. I'm definitely not saying that. My whole thing is just, what is your primary focus on? Is it on God as well as these other things? Is it on, okay, Lord, like, what do you have for me today while you're preparing me for this other thing that I can't get out of my mind? You put the desire in my heart. You don't expect me to forget about it on a whim. But, you know, even when, well, the other thing I love about it is because if you concentrate on the object of your longing, you may chase the wrong option or you'll pursue it in a destructive manner. And I think that that both of those thoughts are really interesting where if you're so focused on, you know, hypothetically checking the box, aka, I just want to be married. I just want to check that box. All my friends are married or I just want to have a baby. I just want to be a parent. If you're focused so much on that thing, you might, you know, especially when it comes to dating, you might actually be so blinded by your desire to check that box or fill that void that you will actually choose the wrong option for your life. Whereas if you are seeking after God and trusting that he will fill that empty space, well, if he does, then you know for a fact it's right. You never have to question it. You never have to look back at your life and be like, dang, was that God or was that me? And that's a scary place to be. And I've been there a handful of times. Or the second part of this, and this is really where I could relate to, is you may chase the wrong option or pursue it in a destructive manner, which means you could be pursuing actually the right thing and the thing God has for you. But if you're not pursuing it in the way and through the lens that God has for you and in his timing, it can actually be it destructive to you, destructive to the other person, or destructive to other people in that situation. God's timing is everything. And the right thing in the wrong time is the wrong thing, period. And I know when I was with Kellen, when I met him, I had completely surrendered to God. And I was like, you know what, Lord? My focus is not going to be on finding a husband. My focus is going to be on you. I'm going to put it on the altar, so to speak. I'm going to continue to be open-handed. And this wasn't like a one conversation thing. This wasn't a, okay, Lord, here, you can have my desire to have a husband. Done. No, no, no. This was like an active, almost daily laying it back down at the altar. Before I knew it, I had picked it back up again. And then when we were married, it was having a baby. And I was like, okay, Lord, I'm just going to put it on the altar. I'm going to turn this over to you. 
you know, instead of the what if, I'm going to turn it into an even if. So instead of saying, what if we don't have a baby? Even if we don't, I'm going to serve you. That's that's a really practical way to put something on the altar is to change your, your verbiage and how you speak about it. So before I met Kellen, I was like, okay, Lord, as much as this pains me to say, instead of saying, what if I don't ever get married? Okay, well, what if you didn't? Well, life would still go on and it would be okay, Britt. Like that's these are the conversations I would have with myself. But then I started saying, okay, I gotta I gotta change out my what if for even if. So God, even if you don't give me a husband, that's okay. I don't need that. I need you, and everything else is, you know, icing on the cake. And this wasn't a one-time conversation. This sometimes was multiple times, you know, in a day or multiple times in a week or whatever it was. It was a continual, it was maintenance. I had to keep adjusting my focus, keep redirecting my 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 vision for my life. And it's hard. I'm not going to lie. It was challenging. So I did that, met Kellen. My world got flipped upside down. I was like, this is incredible. We knew immediately that we were going to get married, that God had, you know, crossed our paths. He made the introduction I can't wait to have him on one time so we can really dive deeper into how we met because it's just such a special story and such a God story. But I've shared this before on Instagram and on my IGTV and little videos here and there. But when I met Kellen and then I was with him, it was like I finally had, you know, this whole promise. I was like, it's here, it's here. That being said, because things, it's easy for things to kind of get out of order in life, at least for me. I was like, oh shoot, my priorities slipped here. Finally, I have this promise. I have this person. I have my person, the thing I've been waiting for and praying for my whole life. And things kind of started to get out of order. Kellen kind of was edging out God with who I went to for comfort or for prayer or for exciting news or anything. And that's why I, I can kind of say where it says you either chase the wrong option, which he wasn't the wrong option because God had clearly given his blessing, or you pursue it in a destructive manner. And I think I was pursuing Kellen, even you know, when we were dating and engaged and start and and moving towards marriage, something was just kind of funky. And I was like, Lord, why? I know this is the right thing. I'm so beyond confident that you gave your blessing and this is the right thing. So why does it feel kind of off? And it's because of this. I think I was pursuing it in a destructive manner, a.k.a. I was pursuing Kellen to fulfill needs that only God should be meeting. So I was pursuing Kellen in a way that was destructive to me, that was destructive to him, because he could never meet the needs that God put in me that are, you know, <laughs> you, you hear like a God-shaped hole. Well, I was chasing, pursuing Kellen to try to fill these God-shaped holes in my heart. Well, I was disappointed because he can never fill those. And then he was, or, you know, it was destructive to me because he wasn't created to fill those. It was destructive to him because it was draining him because he wasn't created to fill those. So even when he was trying to, it wasn't working. When he knew that that wasn't his to, to um, you know, those weren't his spaces to fill and he would tell me that. That was hard because I didn't want to hear it initially. So it's just constantly a matter of 
putting things back in their rightful place. So I just want to also, you know, encourage you, maybe you know something is the right thing. You know that that's who God has for you as a person, whether it's your husband or a boyfriend or a spouse, you know that God opened the door for that job, but maybe there's just not the grace there that there once was. I just want to ask, are you pursuing that thing in the right manner? Are your priorities straight and lined up in that? Are you pursuing God to meet your needs? Are you pursuing something else to meet needs that only God can meet? Because I think often we kind of get there and I don't think that there's any shame in that. I think it's a human thing that sometimes we need a reminder or we need someone, you know, I, I don't just come up with these things on my own, whether it's the Holy Spirit or it's Kellen or it's a friend or it's a devotion. Something always prompts me, but then it's up to us to take that prompt and really direct it and be like, okay, is there anything in my life? Like, I can't think of anything, but is there anything? Um, the second thing I loved that was in this devotion was the thought um, when it said, when you focus on the Father, He makes you into who you need to be to receive the blessing and keeps you on path to obtaining it. So when you're focused on the Father, He makes you into who you need to be in order to receive the blessing that you want so badly. If your focus is only on the blessing that you want or only on, you know, the object of your longing, if it's just on that, you're not, I mean, how, how are we really um, being molded into what would be the best person to receive that? And I don't think we are because I think we're distracted. We're so focused outwardly on that thing as opposed to being focused on God and what he wants to do inwardly in us so that when we obtain it or when he gifts it to us, we have the the character or the integrity or the strength or the perseverance or whatever it is, you know, that strong faith in order to hold on to it. And I kind of had the thought of, you know, <laughs> you can't just show up to the Olympics and win a gold medal. Like it, it just doesn't work that way. You need a coach and you need someone that will keep you on track. It's okay to have that be your goal, but your focus needs to be on your training that will ultimately lead to you achieving that goal. And I'm not trying to, you know, don't mishear me and, and, and hear that I'm saying, oh, you have to do works in order for God to bless you, because that's not what I'm saying. However, I do think God loves us so very much that he's not going to give us a blessing that we do not have the strength to hold on to. Because with, and I'm sure you guys have heard it before, but your burden is likely another person's blessing. And often our burdens at one point were a blessing. So, you know, when you go through, like Kellen and I have had rough patches. And so those rough patches where I'm like, oh, marriage is so hard and my husband is driving me crazy. Or maybe I'm driving him crazy and I can't figure out why. Or, you know, there's just things going on. Well, that burden in that moment was at one point the thing that I was crying out to God for in my bed and was the object of my longing. So... I'm not saying that God will only give you something if you, you know, I'm not saying you have to do anything for God to bless you, but I am saying that if you do want a blessing, I do think that there is, there are tests that we have to go through, especially when it comes to another person, whether it's a spouse or a baby. I do think like that's kind of where my perspective has shifted so much over the last few years going into marriage and then now trying, you know, now we're going to have a baby, praise God, but even trying to conceive is instead of looking at it as, man, Lord, you're just withholding from me. You know, I want this. You put the desire in my heart. 
And I honestly don't know that I trust that you put this desire in my heart to fulfill it or to disappoint me. And that's real talk. Like that, these are conversations I've had with God over the years. But I've really adjusted my perspective to say more along the lines of, okay, Lord, you know I want this because you put this desire in my heart. And you didn't put it in there to disappoint me, but I know that you're a loving father and it doesn't just have to do with me. This has to do with a whole another human life. And if you do not correct in me the behaviors that need to be corrected, if you don't strengthen me in the areas that I need to be strengthened, then when this person comes into my life, if I don't have the ability to hold on to it and to steward it well and to, um, you know, just take care of it the way that you would want that child or that spouse or that part, like we're all children of God, right? And he's not going to give the same way that he would not bring you into relationship with a person that wasn't ready, that that's not God's will for your life. He's not going to, I kind of looked at it that way for me where I'm like, oh, he's not going to give me something that I don't have the character and the integrity and the strength to manage well. And to be honest, I don't want it if I'm not going to manage it well. I want to take what he gives me and those blessings and just the sweet, sweet, um, wonderful promises of God. When I get them, I don't want them to feel like a burden or to feel too heavy. I want to enjoy them. So in that, okay, Lord, if you need to refine some things in me, if you need to correct some things in me, please, please do it. And so I just want to, you know, ask, because it goes back to um, the scripture, and I'm actually going to read it. Um, delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. And I'm going to read this scripture after that as well. Then it says, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him also, and he shall bring it to pass. So my question is, what are you delighting yourself in? If there were strangers around you, and I know that delighting yourself in something is kind of old school verbiage. We don't really say that anymore, but think about it. Like, what do you delight? What delights you? Does time with God delight you? Does time in the word delight you? Does time in prayer and worship? Or is it like, oh, to be honest, I'm the most delighted when I am serving myself or when I'm watching a show or, you know, whatever it may be. The second thing is, like it says, commit your way to the Lord. What are you committed to? If someone on the outside of your life, if a stranger was, was watching you or maybe the people who know you best, if you ask them, what, what is so-and-so committed to in their life? How far at the top of that list would they say, oh, they're, they're really committed to their walk with the Lord. They're committed to seeing God's will come to pass um, in their life. They're committed to, you know, are you, is it like, they're, they're really committed to their job. They're really committed to their marriage. They're really committed to their family. And there's no wrong answers. It's more just a question of what are you committed to? And I feel like we live in a society where commitment is so flaky. It's like, oh, I'm going to commit to this until something better comes along, or I'm going to commit to this um, for this period of time. But the moment I'm not feeling it anymore, commitment isn't a feeling. Commitment is a decision and it's a choice. And I'm just curious if you were to ask yourself, because these are questions I've, I'm reflecting on and I'm asking myself as well, is what are you committed to? Like with your whole heart, what have you made a decision that is unwavering to? And this says, commit your way to the Lord. It doesn't even just say commit to the Lord, commit your way. Are you more concerned with getting your own way or are you committed with, okay, God, I'm going to commit to your way, even if it doesn't look the way I think it should, or if it's not what I want to do or where I want to go. 
And then the last thing, because it says, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him also, and he shall bring it to pass. What is your trust in? Do you trust in God? Do you trust in him to provide for your needs? Do you trust in him to to give you the object of your longing? Do you trust him to that the pain that you're feeling right now and the struggle is actually not him doing anything to you, but he's actually doing something for you? When it talks about refining um, like silver and gold, like refining in the fire, you have to burn away the impurities. You have to burn away everything that is um, cheapening it or causing it not to be pure. And so if you feel like you're in the fire right now, are you looking at it as like, dang, God, you're burning me and I'm uncomfortable and you're trying to get out of it? Are you embracing the refinement and saying, okay, God, I know that this sucks and it hurts and it's painful, but this burning feeling, this pain, this like struggle is actually you preparing me and purifying me so that you can give me the desire of my heart and I can handle it. I can steward it. It won't be um, intense pressure. It won't crush me, but I will actually be able to enjoy the thing that I have been desiring for my whole life. So that's kind of where my head has been at today. I love that devotion so, so much. I hope that those questions, you know, whether or not... excuse me, whether or not you have something that readily came to mind and you're like, oh, that's what I need to work on. Or maybe you're on the other side, but hopefully it reminded you of a time and where you can look back and be like, wow, I'm really proud of myself because I went through that refinement and now look where I am. You know, maybe it was in your marriage or maybe it was in a season of singleness or waiting for a baby or waiting for that job or whatever it was. Maybe it's reminding you to just glance in the rearview mirror and be like, wow, look how far I've come. I did a good job. I am proud of myself. And I think that is just so important, especially right now where we still, a year later, in the middle of this just wild pandemic situation. And we're not really able to gather together like we once were and exchange testimonies and exchange stories and encourage each other. So now more than ever, it's really important that we encourage ourselves. So just let me encourage you, if you're in the waiting, just know God's not doing anything to you. He's doing it for you. So I just want to encourage you to embrace it. Instead of being uncomfortable and rejecting, I want you to dive right in. Just challenge yourself to dive right in. And maybe you're on the other side of some things, but look back and just give yourself a little pep talk or to pat on the back and be like, dang, I'm killing it. Because you are. You're doing amazing. So that's all for this podcast. I love you guys so much. (laughs) Excuse my out of breathness. We are getting so close to meeting this girl. I have no idea what's going to happen when, um, you know, I go into labor and the weeks to come, but I do hope to continue to just be putting out podcasts. I cannot wait to sit here and you to hear the words out of my mouth that she is here and that the promise has met the present, uh, but we're not quite there yet. So I'm still in this waiting period too. But as always, I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your sweet comments and um, for reaching out and letting me know how this encourages you in any way. And um, I will see you guys next week. Bye.